Okay, well, before I get started here, I, I would like to pray. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, just thank you for the privilege it is to bring forth your word and speak before your congregation, because these are your people, Lord. Just uh, thank you for this time, Lord. May the words I speak be the words that you would have me speak, and just pray that I get myself out of the way and that you speak through me. And I thank you for all this in Yeshua, your son's name. Amen. Well, this morning, I want to talk to you about living by God's promises, living by God's promises. Now, something all of us need to know, whether we're a new believer in Messiah Yeshua or have been a follower for a long time, is to live a life of faith. But what does it mean to live a life of faith? And what is, what is meant by faith? Well, having faith is trusting in something or someone. You know, in a marriage, we say a husband and wife are to be faithful to each other. They're not so supposed to go outside the marriage for intimacy. They're supposed to be faithful, truthful to each other. We sometimes say, so-and-so is a faithful friend. What do you mean so they're a faithful friend? Well, it means that we can, we can trust in them. We can rely on them. We can lean on them. Just like I can lean on this bema here, and I've, I've got faith that it's not going to collapse on me. At least as long as we're not living in Southern California right now. But uh, no. But if there, is, if there is one statement I could give you, one statement that would simply boil it down or reduce it to one thing that would help you to live a life of faith, it would be this. If you want to live a life of faith, you have to live by God's promises. God's promises. Do you know there are over 8,000 promises in the Word of God? 8,000. Faith is what you lean on. Faith is what you can trust in. Faith is what you get strength from. And it says to lean on God. Now, faith is not an attitude. It's not like a state of mind thing. Faith is an action. Think of faith as an action word. It's a decision. It's a step to take. The important thing is God is trustworthy when it comes to his promises. Now, let's take a look at a verse in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. If we can pull that up. There we go. It says, Let us hold fast the unwavering confession of hope, for he who promised is faithful. He who promised. Well, who's he who promised? It's God. God can be counted on. He always keeps his promises. See, God isn't like us. We may make promises. We may intend to keep our promises, but sometimes we mess up. Sometimes we just plain forget, you know? It's like, my wife may tell me, it's like, you're going to clean out the garage this weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm just paying attention to what I'm reading or looking at my phone, and it's like, then I forget. I promised, but I forgot. But see, God is not like that. God doesn't forget. God is faithful. God has to keep his promises. It's a part of his nature. It's who he is. 
You cannot lie. Let's look at a promise that Yeshua gave us as an instruction. Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20. It says, And he said to them, Because you trust so little, Amen, I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to here, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible to you. Nothing. See, the truth is, we all face mountains in our lives. What's the definition of a mountain in this case? Well, a mountain is something that's too big to move. It's immovable people. It's an immovable task. It's just, it's a dilemma. It's, a, it's an insolvable task. It's something that, it's a dream that you can't seem to achieve. It's that habit, that thing you're trying to overcome, trying to, th- trying to break. So this morning, I want to talk about mountain moving school. You ready to go to mountain moving school? All right, good. All right. The number one thing to learn, the number one lesson in mountain moving school is you got to think big. Think big. What is the challenge or problem that is too hard to overcome? Now, just think about in your life right now. What is that problem? And I ask, is that problem too big for God? No, of course not. Nothing is too big for God. He is all-powerful, and He's all-knowing. Think for a moment now. What's the biggest mountain God could move right now in your life? What is the Mount Everest in your life, right? What's the biggest mountain in Virginia? Is it Old Rag Mountain? Is that it or something, you know? What, what's, what's the Old Rag Mountain in your life? Sometimes, you know, I can tell you to think big, but maybe it's not as easy as it sounds. See, there's certain things that can get in the way. Certain things that get in the way of us thinking big. First of all, it's just basically our ego. When we try, start to think big, we just think about ourselves. But that's actually not enough. That's not thinking big enough. That's just thinking of self. We tend to think only about ourselves. It's really not big enough for God. See, he wants to use your life to make an impact on other people. You've got, got to start thinking beyond yourself. What's a community at impact that you can make with your life? And yes, even if it's something as personal as healing, yeah, that can make a big impact in a community. Second thing is our fears can get in the way. I'm afraid I'm going to be disappointed. I don't want to step out. I don't, I don't want to take that chance. What if, what if my mountain doesn't get moved? What if my prayer doesn't get answered? If you try to live in a safe zone, you're going to miss out on God's promises. Because unless you can put yourself in the place where you may be disappointed, you're never going to reap the benefits. That can be in love, that can be in your career, in family matters, whatever it is. 
And the third thing is our failures can get in the way. It's like, yeah, we tried that before. And that verse that we just talked about, where Yeshua said about a faith as small as a mustard seed, he was talking to his Talmudim, his disciples. You know what? They had just experienced a failure. They tried to heal a man and didn't work out. They said, why, why couldn't we do it? That's when Yeshua spoke the words to them. See, sometimes God does his greatest work out of our failures. Some things, when things are, are, are messed up and they look bleak, he can move mountains in your life. When you're focusing on God's promises, the ego, the fears, the failures start to lose their power. The key is that instead of thinking confidence in self, oh, maybe is that God calling? Okay. Instead of thinking confidence in self, oh, maybe he's calling back. When we lean in faith, when we lean on God's promises, we begin thinking confident in what God wants done. It's confident in God, not confident in self. That's, what not, that's not what faith is. It's confidence in God. Ephesians 3, chapter 20 tells us, Now to him who is able to do far beyond all that we ask or imagine, by means of his power that works in us. See, God can do anything, you know. And he does it not by pushing us around, but he works within us. We're not, we're not little robots, but he does want to work through us. See, what he, he wants to work within you so that when people look at you, they will say, wow, God has got to be a part of that. Because he or she, I mean, they couldn't have done that on their own. That's pretty amazing stuff. That had to be God working in their life. Wow, it points back to him. And that is the point. John 14, verse 12 tells us. He says, Amen, amen, I tell you. He who puts his trust in me, the works that I do, he will do. And greater than these, he will do. Because I'm going to the Father. He says, I'm telling you, amen, amen, I'm telling you. Yeshua was perfect. He is perfect. He's God in human flesh. I'm not perfect. Yet he says, you're going to do even greater works than, really? Greater works than Yeshua? He's saying, I'm going to do greater works through you all than when I was on this earth. Wow. Because when you have God's Holy Spirit within you, there's amazing things God can accomplish through us. So I have to ask again, what's your biggest dream? I know for some of you, that can be a little scary, thinking about that big dream. But you know, there was some big dreamers in the Bible. How about Joseph? Was he a dreamer? He had some big-time dreams. And uh, he went through some serious struggles. He dealt with a little pride in his, his younger life. And he had these big dreams, and uh, boy, he went through some rough times. Thrown in a pit, sold into slavery, 
thrown into prison? How many years did he spend in prison, in the slavery and in prison? He had big dreams, yet he struggled for a time. And yet those dreams, they eventually all came true. You got to connect to God with your dreams and not just yourself. Some of you may say, I don't need those big dreams. I got enough going on right now, thank you. I'm kind of busy. I'm really caught up, you know, things are real busy at work, you know, things are busy at home. I'm dealing with the kids. I'm dealing with my parents doing this, you know. I'm, you know, I'm kind of content with the way things are now. I don't want to get involved in this stuff. God has a funny habit of taking people that just want to be left alone and inspiring them to great things. Do we have some examples in the Word? How about Abraham? You know, he was like, he was living a good life. He was, you know, pretty wealthy. He had a good, and he said, I want you to move over here. But, you know, just like, I want you to move over here. Okay. How about Moses? Okay, Moses has been through some struggles, but now he's out living in the land of Midian. You know, he's tending the, tending the sheep, his, his uh, father-in-law's flock, and, you know, he got married, and all. It's like, you know, I'm just, I'm just chilling here. Moses, I want you to do something. What? You want me to go back to Egypt? Yeah, you know, I, you know, I kind of got in some trouble back there. How about Gideon? You know, I want you to go into battle. Oh, that's an awful big army over there, and we don't have many people. Now I want you to go to battle, and you're going to win. How about Mary, the mother of Yeshua? Yes, God, I will carry this, this child, the Messiah. How about Peter? Peter struggles. God works with people like that. So just watch out. You think you're content and stuff. He wants to work with you. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. Not that we are competent in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our competence is from God. See, Paul says he learned in his life to have humility. He was a humble man, but he was still confident. Well, how did he get this confidence? Because he's not confident in himself. He was confident in God working through him. So, rule number one for mountain moving is think big. What's the second thing? What's the second thing he says? Well, let's start small. Thinking big and starting small. He says, have faith as a mustard seed. Tiny little mustard seed. They're these tiny little things. You may be saying, well, if only I had enough faith. If only I had enough faith to do this. But it's not a matter of how much faith you have. Because he just said, a little bit of faith and a great big God is more than enough. See, our faith is not in our faith. Our faith is in God and who he is. It's not how much faith we have. He says a mustard seed's worth is, is enough. We tend to want to focus on how big the mountain is. Yeshua says, get your focus off the mountain and on the little old mustard seed. Focus on a little bit of faith. That's all it takes. The mustard seed is tiny, but it grows into a large plant in one season. They actually do grow very huge. They can be 10, 20 feet tall. So how do you plant mustard seeds of faith. 
Well, there's three things you need to do. Number one, listen to God. How do you listen to God? Look in His Word. Look in the Bible. The Bible is where you're going to find all those promises, those 8,000-plus promises. So read His Word. Put on that Word in your hearts and mind. Read those promises. Listen to God. Number two, tell God what you need. But why? Because actually God knows what you need. But you know what? He wants you to tell Him. Why does He want you to tell Him? Because He wants you to communicate with you. He wants you to communicate with Him. See, remember, it's about relationship. God wants relationship with you. He wants, to, he wants you to be involved, be like family. So tell Him what you need. Speak to Him. Listen to God. Tell Him what you need. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 tells us, Don't be anxious for anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Don't be anxious about anything. He will heal the anxieties in your life. When your worries pile up, you tend to get overwhelmed with life. By contrast, when your prayers pile up, you get overwhelmed by God's love, by God's grace. Prayer is the number one tool for moving a mountain. So build up those prayers. Build up prayer life. And it'll take away those anxieties. Another verse about this is in James. James chapter 4 verse 2 says, You do not have because you do not ask. He says in faith, Tell me what you need and I will meet that need. I guarantee if you talk to God, he will change what you have or he'll change what you want. Yeah, sometimes he'll change what you want because he said, that ain't right. Sometimes it's good that he changes what you want rather than what you need. You know, you may be thinking, guys, it's like, I got to marry that girl. I know, I just, that's the girl I got to marry. And it's like, but then... That doesn't work out. And then you look back years later, and it's like, wow, God, thank you for changing that. That would have been a disaster if I would married her. This is the one, the right one. So God will sometimes change what you want. It's good that he changes what you want rather than what you need. Number three, forgive those who have hurt you. So we said, listen to God. Tell God what you need. And number three, forgive those who hurt you. There are three accounts of Yeshua speaking about mountain moving. The first was the one we saw in Matthew. The other two are in Mark and Luke. And Luke, it talks about how he was teaching his Talmudim about forgiveness before moving mountains. You got to forgive before you can move mountains. In Mark, he talks about prayer that won't be heard if there's no unforgiveness. You see, faith moves mountains, but unforgiveness will make mountains. Unforgiveness will build a mountain between you and another person. Unforgiveness will put a mountain in your path. You don't want unforgiveness building up a mountain between you and somebody else. But you know, that unforgiveness stuff can be hard sometimes. So where do you get the strength? Where do you get the power to forgive? 
Well, I'll tell you where. Ephesians 4.32 tells us. It says, instead, be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God and Messiah also forgave you. See, the power to forgive comes from being forgiven. Connect with the forgiveness you have from God. Sometimes it's easy to forgive someone from the past, but you may be holding on to something against someone close to you, like a friend or family member. Holding on to something means, well, I got this record of wrongs. I got this list. You owe me. God says no. He says, I forgave you. I want you to forgive. See, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5 says, love keeps no accounts of wrongs. I know we all struggle with this, but be quick to forgive. The more quickly you forgive, the more quickly you're going to plant seeds of faith in your life. So we need to forgive. That's another key. And the fourth thing is thank God. Thank God for who he is. Thank God for who you are. And thank God for what he is doing in your life. There is nothing more powerful in building faith than thanking God because it gets your focus off of you and onto him. Now, I know that some of you had a lousy week this week. You've had some troubles, and you're glad it's over. But a key to finding one thing in your life is to be thankful for. And I bet even if you had a lousy week, there's some things you can find to be thankful. Thank him that while you are in the midst of trials and difficulty, he's going to see you through. Find the one thing that you can thank him for. For Psalm 118, verse 28 says, You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. He says, I will praise your greatness. The Psalms are just chock full of praises, thanksgiving, and giving thanks to God. Or Romans 11, verse 33. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments, and how incomprehensible his ways. See, there's tremendous life, there's tremendous power in your life in gratitude. Just, just imagine for a moment now, you go to the doctor and he says, hey, you know, there's this new pill they just come out with. It makes you happier and it gives you more energy. And there's no bad side effects to this pill either. There's no, no ill side effects. And oh, by the way, it's free. Would you like a prescription for this pill, this free pill that will make you happier, give you more energy? It doesn't cost anything. It has no ill side effects. Well, it's called the gratitude pill. When you decide to be grateful, you're planting seeds of faithfulness every day. One last verse, 2 Corinthians Chapter 1, verse 20 says, For in him all the promises of God are yes. Therefore, also through him is the amen by us to the glory of God. No matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Yeshua HaMashiach. The yes is in Yeshua. And it's a part of his name, right? Yeshua. Hey! It's not in some secret prayer or ritual. It's, not, it's in relationship. 
You can't build a life on God's promises without a relationship with the Messiah. You're just going to get frustrated. He is the one that can move mountains, and he wants to have a relationship with you. It's going to take more than your effort to move a mountain. It's going to take God's power. So here's what I want you to do. We want to move a mountain in our life. So we tend to get our own personal bulldozer. We tend to crank it up and start moving dirt around. And God looks down and just smiles at us. This is what we tend to do. Now, you have, may have been bulldozing to restore a relationship with someone. You may have been bulldozing and moving dirt around to achieve your dreams. You may have been bulldozing to break a bad habit. You may have been bulldozing around unforgiveness. But the yes is not in your effort. The yes is in the Messiah. When you get tired of moving dirt around, Yeshua will be there. Before we leave here this morning, let's pray that mountains are moved in your life. Maybe it's an overall sense of inadequacy. Maybe it's the thought, nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. But I tell you what, God cares. God loves you. God accepts you. Or maybe the mountain is I could never forgive that person or I won't forgive them. God has forgiven you. God has even forgiven them. So you can pray to God, I forgive them, and I put my trust in you. Maybe your mountain is a mountain of disappointment. Maybe it's disappointment in your career, broken dreams, a life that's just in pieces right now. Well, I'll tell you what, God is in the business of putting broken pieces back together. You can pray, God, here is my broken pieces. I put them in your hands. Do all you can do. So, just pray with me right now. Let's pray together. Lord Yeshua, here is the mountain that I'm facing. And you can say to yourself, you don't have to, you don't have to say it out loud, just say it to yourself, whatever that mountain is. Say, Lord, I need your help. I'm planting a mustard seed of faith. I'm deciding to listen carefully to your promises like never before. I'm asking you to meet this need in my life. I'm thankful for who you are, for what you have planned for my life. In Yeshua's name, amen.